anytime we can get this guy on the show with us is great. I don't think we've actually, Lynn, we have never actually had him on all three of us, right? No. Okay. No. Okay. We so do we? You in? You are in for you are in for a big treat tonight. This guy's been on the show with me a couple of times. He's done the top ten Steelers. We did the top ten Kiss songs, which was great. Both were great. But tonight should be a real treat for you guys because we're we're back again. Me and Lynn are back, and our special guest host, and he's becoming a member of the family. I guess you could call it. He's in the the final score on the fly family. Uh, with us tonight to do our top ten favorite favorite bands. We're going to stress that favorite bands of all time. Uh, Mr. John Pritchard, all the way from Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, welcome to the show again, man. It's great to have you again. Well, I am honored and humbled by that introduction. That's really great. <laughs> and uh, thank you, thank you, Stevie, for having me on. It's good to be on with you and my old buddy Lynn. So I'm looking forward to chopping it up. <laughs> Let the bashing let the bashing begin. Uh, yeah, tonight, tonight we're all going to give you our top ten favorite bands of all time, and this could be a pretty diverse thirty bands right here. I don't know how many we'll agree on. I'm sure there'll be some that we agree on, but there's going to be a lot of different. I think, um, of course, with when any time here lately when I make a top ten list, I always have a tie at number ten. Uh, that's just my thing, I guess now. So really, it's my top eleven. So, <laughs> and John's always oh, said, "Here God. we go already." But, uh, <laughs> but hey, before we get started, can I say something? Yes. So I, I love music. I really love music. But the two guys on here with me today, like, live and breathe music. But I met. <laughs> um, well, I grew up with Stevie, and Stevie had the biggest CD or no it was tapes. It was tapes back then. Yeah, it was tapes. He carried this huge tape case. I've never seen so many tapes in my life. You remember that? That was a double-decker. I had a double-decker yes. tan tape case. That, I mean, that thing was like, looked Crazy. like a suitcase. And anytime back when when our school had uh, actually had a bus, we would go on the, bu the long bus trips. That was our entertainment. I had I had my... I guess, he was a DJ. The old jam yeah. box that you had, what, eight... D batteries that powered that thing, and boy, you always made sure you had, you had fresh batteries when you went on one of those trips. But yeah, we had we had some times back with the cassette tapes back then. But I thought I'd never meet anybody who loved music as much as Stevie. And I go to college, I meet this guy named John who had his CD collection looked like a music store. <laughs> I've just never in my life. and he had this cool little thing of a, it was a now playing stand so whatever CD he was playing he could pop that up there and you could see what he was playing it was like the coolest thing ever and I've never knew Kiss made so many albums until I saw his collection oh my god it is crazy but Stevie I know you love Kiss too but when I saw his CD collection and he had like a whole row of Kiss yeah they're solo albums or other. So anyway, I am honored to be here with two people <laughs> who know music so well, and I am like the, the little Padawan today. Padawan. So <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that, yeah, yeah, these two guys are the Jedi Masters. Yeah, sorry, thank I just want to say that. Well, thank you, Lynn, for for <laughs> describing me as the type of guy who never talked to a girl in his life. <laughs> this is. <laughs> Not that far off oh from, from the truth, I suppose. Oh, but, uh, 
I did have a few CDs. Well, I think all three of us ended up pretty good. I mean, I think we, I, I don't oh, know John's God. wife, but I think from me and Lynn's band, we all outpunted, oh. we outpunted our coverage. So, I mean, we did pretty good uh, from that. I, I definitely did. So, you're absolutely right. But anyway, we got two music gods. Yeah, that, and, and it's, it's, it's funny. Lynn, just remember, I've got the high ground. Yes, you do. Yes, I know what that means. <laughs> and we did You're get bashed. We did. We did get bashed a little bit on our on our top ten star, or ranking our Star Wars movies from favorite to least favorite. Uh, you know, Rogue Squadron had to be in the least top four. It was trash. It was what I what the. I had a comment. six. I had a six. I think I can't remember where I had it, but it wasn't. You had a, like ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the shocking. I, Oh no! I, I, I like Rogue. I like Rogue Squadron a lot. Right. Uh, or it's not Rogue Squadron. Rogue, Rogue One. One. Rogue One. I, I, I like it a lot, and I think it should at least be in the top four with the original trilogy, and and maybe maybe higher than four. Uh, and then the bottom four would have been the the prequels and Solo, yeah. and then the sequels would have been my middle three. But yeah. uh, Lynn having a New Hope at seven. Not even the yeah. past of the movie. Yeah. I told you, bizarre. man. I told you. He texted me about that, Stephen. He texted me. He I'm, said, how dare you? Well, did you, did you yeah. hear my reaction? My reaction was the same. I said, how in the world? But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll... we'll I, knew, I had no idea. We'll move on from that. But speaking... Well, you know, we're here to talk about music tonight. We're here to talk about our favorite bands of all time. And uh, before we get started, there was... And me and John have listened to this group before, uh, and I've always been looking. And, you know, are you doing your eleven? You're doing your number eleven. No, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about something before we start the list. Okay. Yeah, um, I am big into the '80s hair bands, and, and you know, I, I've always been ever since grunge came along. And nothing wrong, nothing wrong with alternative stuff. There's still there's some alternative bands that I really like, uh, but. You know, they, grunge killed that kind of rock, and I've always been looking for a band with that kind of sound, you know, to get me excited about new music, and uh, man, I came across a band that had been out for a while, when I, and I knew I was probably a little late to the party, but man, Dirty Honey, if you guys haven't listened to these guys, they, and if you're a, I mean, if you're, hit, you're a fan of rock, or if you're a fan of that sound back from the 80s and stuff, Man, you guys got to listen to Dirty Honey. The, uh, the whole album, from from top to bottom, it's only six songs on the album. They're, they're, I think this is their first album. But When I'm Gone, Rolling Sevens, they're the first artist to top the charts, the independent charts, without having a label. I mean, that ought to tell you something right there about these guys. Yeah, there's, let's see. Billboard Main Street Rock Charts, their single When I'm Gone, topped that chart, making it the first unsigned band to ever top the charts. I mean, and they've got that. I know one of their songs, I think it was Rolling Sevens, the start of it sounds, sounds a little bit like an ACDC song. And I know when I, I sent John a, a text, and I said, man, you got to check out this band Dirty Honey. And he had already, I think he had been in, in to the party before I got there. He said, yeah. I actually bought a, a Dirty Honey t-shirt to help support them. But Lynn, Lynn hadn't heard them, and I think uh, I got a text back from Lynn. 
Liam was talking about these guys are really good. And, you know, if you get a chance to check out Dirty Honey, they're on uh, Apple Music. I'm sure they're on Spotify or whatever. You, you can find them there. But, man, just a great song. I don't know how you get I'm, – I'm sure you guys told me you felt the same, but just hearing them for the first time, man, I was, I was like, this is, freak, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, they've got that. Um, yeah, I, I agree too. They've they've got that. Like, I mean, to me, it's uh, you know, you call it an '80s sound, which is interesting. I, I may have to sit down and listen to it again. I think they've also got sort of that '70s, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of groove too. Um, whereas you know, sometimes '80s stuff is a little flashy, and this is more kind of. They're they got they, they got that groove sound too, which I like a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it is certainly a promising new group. You know, I, I've heard Eddie Trunk and other people talk about, you know, the, the three big bands, young bands being the Struts, Ghost, and Greta Van Fleet. And, uh, um, yeah, I know we're not going to talk about all of them, but, uh, I certainly hope that Dirty Honey can get in that mix and, and have a lot of success. And, you know, yeah, with quarantine and touring shut down, I, I believe in supporting supporting the music, and I could have bought something for a, a more established band, but I, I, I spent twenty five bucks to get a black t shirt. I'll probably wear a couple times. <laughs> well, yeah, you might. You know, the more established bands. No offense to them, but they they're not struggling through this whole thing like these bands that aren't established, like uh, you know, like a Motley Crue or a Kiss or something like that, or so. Uh, yeah, support the the guys that are that really need it right now. And I mean, these guys are, you know, right now you make more of your money touring than you do. Not like the old days where record sales were big, but you make more of your money touring right now. So uh, they can't and sure. merchandise, and you can't really get on the road and 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 tour and sell a lot of your merchandise. You have to depend on the internet to do that for you. So I, I'm I'm like you. I'd love to support a, a band that's not established. And uh, is is up and coming like they are, but the great guys. I mean, great music. You just really need to check them out, guys. Uh, we'll we give them our. I guess our, all three of us give the thumbs up for for Dirty Honey there. So let's get to the main event. We'll we're gonna start off with uh, we'll let the new guy, which he's not really new, but newer guy, start his list off. So number ten for John on his top ten favorite bands of all time. I am very interested to hear hear this. All right. So my number ten, I just want to say as a preamble, I got nine when when you when you texted me about it. <laughs> I, I I was able to spit nine out pretty quickly. And then ten kind of bounced around but um I was pretty sure and, and after uh, a day's sleep or a night's sleep on it, settled on who I figured would be my number ten. This band, uh, it helps that they have, depending on the day, either my favorite guitar player or my second favorite guitar player of all time in the band. They are one of the three kind of fathers of heavy music, I think, uh, and all three of the bands that, that, that make up that group are going to be on my list, so a little bit of a spoiler there. This was the more progressive Occasionally, sound of uh, heavy music. Although they could certainly fuzz it out sometimes, and and groove too when the time called for it. They have the best family tree in rock history. I think bands that have members who have left this group have gone on and formed 
some of uh, really fantastic groups, and nobody has the family tree that this band does. And I don't care what anybody says, and you can make fun of me if you want. They also gave us the best riff of all time. You haven't figured it out yet. My number 10 is Deep Purple. Deep Purple? Okay. When you said the riff, I knew it was. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, Smoke on the Water is obviously the most famous of the songs, but this is a band that's had so many different members, different vocalists, uh, different eras, really, in the mu- and, and all of them have been fantastic. I'm, of course, partial to the guitar player, Richie, Richie Blackmore. Uh, absolutely love, absolutely love Richie. Uh, and usually, on most days, he's my favorite guitar player of all time. But even after he left, they brought in Steve Morse, and that that album after uh, after Blackmore left with Morse, the very first one, Perpendicular, is absolutely outstanding. But Deep Purple is a really fantastic group, and they are, like I said, they're one of the really the founding fathers of that heavier style of music, uh, who almost everybody looks back to. Maybe the least successful of those three, but in any event. That's my number 10. Wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, and I'm going by memory here, just, but I, I didn't follow Deep Purple as much as you did. Wasn't Coverdale a uh, lead singer for Deep Purple? Deep, yeah, Coverdale was the uh, lead singer and uh, Mark III and Mark IV versions of the band. Yeah. Uh, after Ian Gillen left, he was the, he was in, and and Mark too, and you know I, I remember having conversations with Lynn way back in the day, thinking uh, something I'd read that you know the only two bands that ever successfully changed lead singers were Van Halen and AC/DC. Oh God, I don't know. And ACDC is the one that died. You know, ACDC's died. Yeah, Bon Scott. And you know that's not true. Uh, I mean, Deep Purple did it twice. <laughs> you know. Uh, of course, Genesis did it, and Iron yeah. Maiden's done it, and lots of other bands Black Sabbath? Had, had been able to. Yeah, Black yeah, Sabbath. Sabbath was able to do it. So you know, all these bands were able to make that change. But yeah, Coverdale w- was in there for, and went into the Hall of Fame with uh, Deep Purple. Yeah, you know, you talk about Iron Maiden. I'm sorry, but I can I can you know deal with the other the other lead singers and I and the guy besides Dickinson and I can't remember their names right now I think Deano was one of them was the original but uh, what was the other one Ripper or, or did he go to Judas Priest anyway Dickinson yeah, Ripper will, Priest. Dickinson will always be the Iron Maiden lead singer for me I mean there I've listened to the other stuff and I'm like man this is not Bruce Dickinson and uh uh, you know, I was not the huge Iron Maiden fan. I bought a couple of, you know, of course I bought Somewhere in Time and um, what was this sec- the one after that. But I've listened to all of their music. Uh, I've got, I definitely got some favorites, Run to the Hills, Aces High, stuff like that. But Bruce Dickinson will always be the lead singer for Iron Maiden, in my opinion. But, all right, Lynn, what's your number well, 10? this... Just just after that first conversation on Deep Purple, I can definitely see all of the top shelf selection <laughs> of the threesome group here. Um, so John easily found nine. I can only really come up with five easily. So my second five, I was like, man, what do I even pick? So I was, most of these second five are not going to be on your list. I was like, what the heck is this guy thinking? 
and you'll tell that my musical taste is apparently different from the other two guys here. So this first band at number 10 is relatively new. They came on the scene, uh, I'm looking here on the Wikipedia, 2001. Uh, so relatively the new band out of Las Vegas. I really liked their first two albums. That's when I really became a fan. Uh, not as much, I guess, of the newer stuff, but even though it's, I guess, hit more of the charts. But for me, my number 10, and, and you can cue the laughter here, is The Killers. Hey, so, that's uh, I'm a big fan of, <laughs> so I do like The Killers. Uh, again, relatively new band, but that's my 10th spot. I think, uh, what was it? Are you, is it that song they sing? And I, like I said, I haven't followed them a lot. But was it a thing called Love? Is that one of their songs? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, be, I don't think so. I think you're thinking of the darkness. The darkness. That may be who I'm thinking about. What does the killer sing? I'm gonna have to look. You see, this this the bright side. Somebody told me. Read my mind. This is this is okay. what I love about being so diverse because there's, there's bands up here that I may not have listened to before that I'll go back after this and start listening to just to see see what they're like and you know maybe it'll make make a fan out of it so the first two albums are better Hot Fuss and Sam's Town okay that's very uh, that's very almost artistic of you it's like uh, <laughs> I, I am so artistic like the critics are like that yeah, no, I mean, it's a good choice, though. I like it. All right, so here's my tie at number 10, and I'm not going to get too long-winded with these guys, but uh, first things first, I was, from the time I was like four years old, four or five, as far back as I can remember, my mom and dad, you know, everybody back then, and I think we probably, both, uh, all three of us probably at one time or another were members of this Columbia Tape and Record Club, you know, the whole buy, get eight for a penny thing. And then, you know, and my mom and dad were in that. And I remember getting them getting the albums in and, and me, you know, well, obviously at four years old, I couldn't do it. But they were putting it on and I would be listening to stuff they did. But when I finally got to an age like six or seven where I was kind of and early on developing my own style and seeing these guys, these first guys on TV, and this was early on, and granted... We're talking about our favorite bands here, and these guys stuck out with me, and I've stuck with them over the years. I actually got a chance to interview uh, not an original member, but one of their current members, the current lead singer for them a couple weeks ago. I uh, remember the S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night, Saturday night. They were from Scotland. They wore the Tartans. They were a pop band, I know, but they're, you know, I, I love their stuff. I still got some of their vinyl in my closet right now from them. I'm talking about the Bay City Rollers. They're my tie at number 10. Yes, I know, John, you're about to die right now to say something. But also at number 10, and this is going to be probably my biggest influence was probably 80s rock on this list. And one of this band I actually got to see live. Granted, it was a little bit later in their, in their career. But I just remember the first time, actually, at church camp, the first time I heard... Uh, heard them play. I heard them. A, a friend of mine had a tape of theirs. And said, "You really need to check these out." And one of the disadvantages I had at the time was I didn't have cable like everybody else. Lynn was the, on the right side of the tracks. I was on the wrong side of the tracks for cable. So uh, I didn't get introduced to a lot of these guys till I was with friends and just hearing these guys for the first time. And I really just got 
into uh, into rock music, into the the rock music at the time. I'll put it that way. It became glam metal or hair hair bands, whatever you want to call it. But these guys really stuck out to me. Uh, their their the album I I was turned on to them by was To Hell with the Devil, uh, Striper, and I've been listening to them ever since. They put out some real heavy stuff here lately, a lot heavier than the glam metal that you that you heard, well, glam rock that you heard back then. And I'm still a fan of them today, but Striper and Bay City Rollers are my tie for number 10. Everybody's quiet. Well, you got to bend the rules to get the Bay City Rollers in there. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, i I got to <laughs> stick with these guys because, I, like, like I said, I had them back when I was and like you interviewed the guy just last six week. years old. And these guys, you know, I mean, they really stuck out with me. Bay City Rollers, man, it, 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 Wait till you see a picture of me wearing the tartan stuff. You have a picture of that? <laughs> no, I don't, but I'll get one. Oh. But, no, I mean, yeah. I, I, I do I just, one song by them. Well, they had a lot of good... They were really popular in the late 70s. They had just... They were, they were popular in Scotland first and England, and then it kind of came over to America for it. They actually had their own... Uh, their own TV show over in America, short lived, but they had a like a, and it was kind of like a kid show. Um, the Croft, I don't know if you remember the Croft people that did, they did a lot of cartoons, but they did like a kid show, and, had, and the Bay City Rollers were kind of like the house band for it. But they they were so cool back then, and yeah, they're pop, they're bubblegum pop, but I, you know, I still listen to them. That's I guess that's my guilty pleasure back then that you uh, look at my record collection. And Striper, I mean, what can you say? Striper, and I, I got to see Striper live, like, in the last year. They actually came to the Run It Rapids Theater, and man, when they plugged, oh my God. when they plugged <laughs> in and and started playing, and I was like in the first five row, five or six rows, you felt it, and I was like, holy crap! They still sound sound great today. Did you like Striper because they're a Christian band? No, I like them because of their music. I like them because of their music. Yeah, that didn't have anything to do with it. And, you know, you know, of course, everybody, the first song I heard was To Hell With The Devil. And I like the sound of it. They have a distinctive sound. It's something they do with their guitars, that they have a real distinctive sound. But then, of course, the, the power ballad, Honestly, came out. That was a big MTV hit. But they've had some other songs, and... And there's been some songs that's come out in the last uh, few years that I'm I'm big fans of uh, Yahweh, um, All Over Again, stuff like that that I'm 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 a big fan of them though. So, number nine. Let's see what John's got at number nine. So on the other end of the Christian spectrum, um, in the uh, in the eighties there was. Um, you know, like you talked about, there was there was certainly glam rock or hair metal, and in the '90s we had you know Europop, and we had grunge, and we had rap metal. Um, a lesser talked about genre. It kind of started. It depends when you want to talk about it, um, but in my opinion, it started sort of in the late '80s, early '90s. Is the genre of stoner rock, and there's two branches, sort of the stoner rock. Probably the most famous stoner rock band is Caius. I remember you know, Caius. Has gone on to has gone on to spawn. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, the 
Queens uh, I can't remember the name of the band right now. Queens of the Stone uh, Age? Queens of the, Queens of the Stone Age, that's it. Yeah. Um, and from that kind of, they had that desert rock sound. But on the East Coast, out of New Jersey, there was a different sound that was born from skin magazines and from Marvel Comics and a little bit of the Ramones and the centerpiece of the stoner rock movement, from my standpoint, is my number nine favorite band. It's Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet hit the big time around 97, I think, when they, they had the song Space Lord that took off and actually was a minor radio hit. And But they have been a, a, a favorite band of mine um, from that, that, that stoner rock sound of the bands who looked at kind of how heavy metal started and how it got faster and faster as a move from Judas Priest to Metallica to Slayer and all that sort of stuff. And then Monster Magnet was one of those bands that's like, wait a minute, Sabbath didn't really play this fast. Let's slow this thing down. Let's fuzz it out. Let's stone it out. Let's have big, crunchy, fuzzed-out grooves. I absolutely love Monster Magnet. I wish they toured the States with any regularity. They only tour the... Um, they only really tour in Europe. But uh, hopefully I'll get to see them again someday. Did I see them with you? Because I know I've seen them. Monster Magnet opened... Yeah, they opened for Aerosmith. Now they opened for Aerosmith, and we did we did see them. Yeah, and that was a little. And that was actually I hadn't really. Yeah, I hadn't really. I hadn't really. When we saw them, I I had bought Power Trip, the the album that had uh, Space Lord on it, and I hadn't really gotten into them yet at that point. And then they they got the opening slot for that big tour with Marilyn Manson and Hole. And then Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson had some sort of falling out and whole left that tour. And then it was just uh, Manson and Monster Magnet when Manson was really at the peak of his post-Columbine yeah. powers and <laughs> evil, evil image. And and that was a good that was a good tour for Monster Magnet. Um, New so I, I think maybe close to. Go ahead. No, I knew where I heard them before because when you said I knew, they were on the Varsity Blues soundtrack, and I had that. They did kick out the jazz. It was a cover song. Yeah, they covered the MC5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I, I knew I'd heard that name before. I've, not, I've never actually heard them, but you know, all these guys that I haven't listened to before, I will be listening to after tonight. I, you guys are going to be a little more diverse than me, I think. And so I'm going to be a little uh, more predictable. My, so, my top five is not very diverse. <clears throat> but yeah. <laughs> I don't right. think my top ten are diverse at all. But anyway, go ahead. All right, Lynn, what's your number nine? All right, so number nine. Yeah, I think we're going to pace it like a two-hour podcast. By the way. <laughs> anyway, That's uh, all right. My next one is my first English rock band. Uh, according to Wikipedia, they're considered British heavy metal. Uh, kicked off in 1977. Uh, they are famous for having the one-armed drummer. Oh. I mean, that right there takes it away right there, right? Yeah. This is Def Leppard. I love me some Def Leppard. First British band on my list, but not the last. Oh, okay. Def Leppard, and and I'll just uh, 
say with Def Leppard, and no, I'm saving that for later because there will be a, a little they, bit. They high. might be on your list later. Yeah, they'll be a little higher might. on my list. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> my number nine, nine. I can remember hearing them back in eighty. I think it was eighty-two. The first time I heard them, and it was uh, like I, I haven't heard this sound before, and I'm like, really. Uh, they were big on the radio then. They got even bigger in 1984, uh, if that gives you a hint. But uh, number number nine on my list is, is Van Halen. Uh, remember in 82 hearing Diver Down uh, was the first album that I really heard for of those. And that still remains one of my favorite albums that they did. Everybody talks about the, the debut album, which is great and is a better album than Diver Down. But I, I just hold a special place with Diver Down because that was the first time I heard it. When you hear Pretty Woman, they did the cover of Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman and then uh, some other stuff. And Lynn, I don't know if you remember, Billy Parker's theme song, was on, we played on the bus for him. Big Bad Bill is Sweet William Now. Yeah. We yeah, used to play on the bus for him. Uh, but I always think of Billy. Billy's a good friend of ours. He'd been on the show a couple times. But I always think about Billy when, when I hear that song. And that's that's one of those fun songs that, that Van Halen played at the end of the, uh, Diver Down. But, man, what can you say? Whether you like Van Halen with Roth or you like Van Hagar with with Sammy Hagar. Not I'm, Gary Sharon, though. Not no, Gary not Sharon. Gary Sharon. And, and that was actually... For a short, short time in between Sharon and when uh, and when David Lee Roth came back, wasn't there a guy that we never got told about? Oh gosh, uh, I just saw it the other day, and I'll have to look it up to look. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I did until I saw the other day. Uh, there was a guy that, and I'll have to look this up, but uh, he actually recorded uh, a few songs with Van Halen before. David Lee Roth came back on that on that ill-fated MTV Music Awards appearance, uh, but yeah, there was some in between there. But he never got officially. I I don't think he ever was officially the lead singer of the band, but he recorded some songs with them. Uh, and I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, I and I don't think I I was less of a fan when Hagar took over because there's still there's a lot of. Hagar songs that I like more than I do Roth songs. So, I mean, I'm just, I was just a big fan of them. Hopefully, you know, I don't know if y'all been watching here lately, and I don't know if Sammy Hagar's on the level or whatever with it. Hagar says he's not through with Van Halen yet. They would be, they would be back together before everything ended. I don't know if that will ever happen with all the bad blood there, but you, you never say never. If, there, if the money's right, I'm sure anything will happen. But Van Halen's my number nine. Mm, let's see. You guys, you guys brought out the big platinum sellers for uh, yeah, well, number nine. Yeah, and you know, it's going to get, I guess, uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about the rest of my list, but... You know, my number one's pretty obvious, I think, but uh, you, you'll the the, the in betweens there will be kind of I don't know how to say it. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I like Van Halen a lot. I don't like Van Hager all that much. You know, I, I I respect I respect Def Leppard. I just I've never been able to really get into them. 
uh, even though I've tried a few times. But uh, you know, both both really good bands. You know, I was I was real skeptical when Hagar came in because I remember, you know, like this is going to be totally different. And then uh, I actually bought the fifty one fifty tape cassette tape when it came out, and I had it in my little Walkman to listen to it at night. You know, getting ready to go to bed, and I listened to that thing side one side two and i was like you know this is pretty good stuff you know it's different but it's still good but you know i didn't get into the whole hagar and roth thing but you know it, it, it some folks are that way and i'm not taking anything from david lee roth one of the greatest greatest front men that ever that ever was in a band but uh you know i, I like them both equal i guess so number eight let's go to john for number eight yeah, I'll go a little quicker on this one since I'll probably want to expound on some of my other ones. Uh, my number eight is the second of those three forefathers of heavy music that I mentioned before, and we've already talked a little about them. Um, my number eight is Black Sabbath. Oh, man. There's the, I, At this point, and maybe it's just because I've listened to those first records so many times, I almost prefer the Ronnie James Dio version that came after Ozzy. But Tony Iommi, if anybody's written more great riffs than Iommi has, I don't know who it would be. It's almost like he he was just gifted somehow, or maybe sold his soul. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I but but Iommi is just he's got the me. best part of of a great band, and there simply wouldn't be heavy music without Black Sabbath. They are the most important band in the history of heavy music. And uh, they're my number eight. He's got that that distinctive guitar sound. You know it's Tony Iommi playing. And playing it without fingertips. His fingertips were cut off in an accident while, I guess, he was working at a factory is what I heard. And no fingertips. And he had to learn how to play. And that, that had a lot to do with the, with the, the sound he made. So, yeah, Black Sabbath. I remember the only reason I, I started listening to Black Sabbath was I was big into wrestling. The Road Warriors came out the Iron Man, and I, for <laughs> this is bad. This sounds bad. For Christmas one year, I told my mom, I said, "Yeah, I want that Black Sabbath tape right there." <laughs> uh, and it, it, yeah, and I started listening to it, and man, I was like, "Well, that's Ozzy Osbourne." You know, I didn't even realize Ozzy Osbourne was playing in Black Sabbath back then. So that tells you how much I followed Sabbath back then. But man, and just like you said with Ronnie James Dio, Heaven and Hell. That song right there, when you hear it, when you hear the live versions of it, and you hear the crowd doing the the oh, oh, oh it's, it's great, it's awesome. But you know, I, I prefer the Aussie Aussie version. But Dio and I, I listened to Dio later on because that was one of the uh, one of the I was introduced to that by uh, at, probably at church camp. We listened to a lot of different stuff. That sounds bad at church camp. We listen to Black Sabbath and Dio, but yeah, we listen to a lot of different stuff. So, Lynn, who's your number eight? All right. Number eight, I have another British rock band. Jeez. They only lasted for 11 years, but for some people, they're probably going to be the top pick for probably millions of people in the world because they are the best-selling musical act of all time with 600 million units sold. Oh, I know who this is. Uh, two of them have passed away. There's two still alive. 
and they're both nice. I am talking about the Beatles. It's just, <laughs> I hear the laughing, chuckling. I love them. I don't know why. I think they're really cool. There was an auntie movie a year or so ago called Yesterday, where yeah. you know, the guy has to call on everyone to get it. I love that movie. It's because I love the music, and uh, it's just, it was one of those I knew I'd get a reaction out of John. So anyway, number eight, favorite, I have the Beatles. No, the, reason, the only reason I'm laughing is because you guys act like you want me to make fun of your picks. And you pick the Beatles, who are arguably more talented and have written more good songs than anybody else in the history of the world. It's kind of hard to pick on the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, Ringo's kind of lame, but otherwise, I mean... What, Yellow yeah. Submarine, man. Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna, it's, it's hard to say anything negative about the Beatles. Yeah, okay, but you know, you know... Except maybe that they're only number eight, you know. You know, the, <laughs> you know, the monkeys outsold the Beatles one time. Uh, well, I hate to tell y'all, but they might be on my list. The monkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I love the TV show. I, I did. I like. Uh, that's TV that's why show. I started listening to the monkeys because of the TV show. They 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 really and, and they played all their instruments too. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. My number eight. Lynn talked about them earlier. Uh, I was introduced to them back in '83. Uh, Power Mania with uh, photograph. When I heard photograph for the first time, I was hooked. And then, you know, I was reading, like I said before in, in earlier episodes and stuff, I used to read Circus Magazine and Hip Parade cover to cover every month. And to hear the struggle that they had to, to get hysteria done, uh, man, you were just following it month after month. And then when you hear about, you know, uh, the, the stuff they were going through to get done with, Rick Allen's car wreck. He didn't know if he was going to be able to play. And then just, I don't know, they had a lot of trouble in the studio. They had to go back and do some stuff. But, man, when that came out, there was nothing like hysteria when it came out because they were, I mean, jeez. It was just a great album, top to bottom. But, of course, they went on to sell millions and millions of albums, had some great songs, um, Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar On Me, um, Let's Get Rocked, stuff like that. But, you know, Def Leppard's still going today. Uh, and they're my number eight. Probably probably should be a little bit higher, but I, I'm going to stick with them at number eight right now. So number seven. Let's go to John. Yeah, so uh took a little bit of thunder out of this for me, but, um, you know, I talked about how Deep Purple has the best family tree in, in the business. When Richie Blackmore left, he formed uh, the band Rainbow, or commonly Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which is, was a contender for my top ten. Um, Glenn Hughes left Deep Purple, did some really great albums. He was a lead singer of Black Sabbath for a record. Yeah. He formed a super group called Black Country Communion, which would be another band in my top 20 probably. Um, with uh, Blues Wonder Kid, Joe Bonamassa, I remember Jason that. Bonham, uh, Black, Black Country Communion, a fantastic band. Ian Gillen obviously had success with the Gillen Band, but the most successful of them all, and actually, in my opinion, obviously by my ranking, actually a better band than 
Deep Purple, was David Coverdale's lifelong project at this point, White Snake. White Snake to me is the probably most underrated band who has sold millions and millions of records and had platinum success. I think a lot of people think of White Snake as a hair band, which yeah. is bizarre to me considering they started in the seventies. Yeah, they did. Had so many blues, like bluesy records. Then they had the, the monster success that everybody knows, the self-titled record, or, or sometimes called 1987. I guess it depends whether you're in Europe or you're in the United States. That had really big hits, and sure, in the videos, their hair game was as good as anybody else's. But it's really a metal record. It's a loud guitar record that uh, a lot of guitar players have covered and tried to emulate the sounds of those records. And then he's gone. White Snake has gone on to pair that back a little bit and become more of a straight-ahead rock group. But there's a tremendous number of good songs that White Snake has put out. Coverdale is like David Lee Roth and Ozzy Osbourne in that he's always been smart enough to surround himself with tremendous guitar players, and um, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, which is which is a good which is a good way to go if you've got a wonderful voice. And, and Coverdale does have one of the best voices, in my opinion, in rock history. So I'm I'm happy to put White Snake as my number seven. Yeah, White Snake was always one of my favorites from back then. You know, just like you said, he always surrounded himself with with great guitar players. Uh, John Sykes. Uh, a really underrated guitar player that people don't hear a lot about. But, man, he did. People don't realize on that, that 87 album, his guitar work was on that. He left before, I, I think him and Coverdale had a uh, falling out, and he ended up leaving the band before the tour started. Uh, but then you had Adrian Vandenberg, you had Steve Vai. Uh, man, he's had some great guitar players, and and his voice, like you said, one of those distinctive voices. And and White Snake, back in '87, man, they were on top of the world. And then with you know Vivian Campbell, another one that was there. Now with Def Leppard, yeah. uh, but you know Rudy Sarzo at bass, they they had some great great songs. And and Coverdale still going today. As a matter of fact, I was listening to. Uh, an interview he did with a guy I'd interviewed, Mitch LaFon from out of Canada, who does a lot of great stuff for rock music. Great, great interviewer. But uh, a lot of reworked. Uh, they've got an album come out with some reworked White Snake songs coming out. I don't know. I, I'm I. I tend to favor the originals sometimes when they do these reworked songs. But I'm going to give it a chance, and hopefully everything will everything will be good with this because I'm really looking forward to hearing that. So, Lynn, who you got at number seven? All right, number seven. All right, this is my newest band. So maybe this is a little bit more, it could be critiqued more than the Beatles. They started um, in Las Vegas in 2008. Again, a, a very new band. But this is one of the two bands on my list that I would love to see in person, that I actually have a chance to see in person. And they have the top three rock songs according to Billboard charts for 2010. Those songs are Believer, Thunder, and Radioactive. Yes, it is Imagine Dragon as number seven. Love to see them in concert. Imagine Dragons. I have heard some of their stuff. They're pretty good. Uh, uh, John may not have heard of them. 
Oh, I've heard of them, uh, but I'd, I'd be lying if I said I knew very much about them. I don't know much about them. I've, I've listened to some of their songs because a lot of uh, the very poppy rock. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew they had they had a they had a they had a song or record that seemed to take over the world a few years ago. I can't remember the name of it. We got a lot of commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PlayStation yeah. used one of their songs. All right, my number okay, seven. Good for, you, good for you for going something new. I'm, I'm proud of you. There you go. Yep. <laughs> my number it's seven. It's new. It's 12 years old. What? I said it's new. It's 12 years old. Yeah, I know. So it's so hard, hard to find the good music, though. The good new music like that. I mean, <laughs> that's why That's why I wanted to talk about Dirty Honey earlier, because I was really excited about them. My number seven is an, is an older band, and, and when I first, I can remember back in the day, my dad had one of their albums, and I wasn't a big fan of it back then. Of course, I was listening to, you know, Bay City Rollers, I guess. But uh, <laughs> the older I got, the more I've got into their music. Uh, when they did their reunion in 94, uh, I was hooked. Would love to go see these guys at a concert, but they're, they're kind of pricey to go see in concert. And uh, I don't know how close they'll come to my area, but... My number seven is the Eagles. Uh, man, when they did Hell Freezes Over and got back together, that just, I was like, I can't, I can't get enough to listen to, you know, I heard the live version, I had to get the the old stuff, went back, got, of course, Hotel California, what a great album that was, uh, and then uh, the long run, had to get that, but man, they put out some great stuff, I guess the harmonies and the guitar work on that, especially on Hotel California, was really, really got me going. Don Henley, Glenn Fry, uh, great, great uh, singers. Then you got Joe Walsh playing guitar. Man, you couldn't go wrong there. But uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess you say, leaving the band, getting back in the band, leaving the band, getting back in bed. Don Felder uh, was one of those guys that kept leaving and coming back. And you know, I can't say I blame. Him. I read his book. Can't say I blame him for that, but uh, man, the Eagles—what a great group they are! A lot of great songs, and they're number, they're my number seven there. Let's see, number six. Let's go to you, John. Number six for me is Guns N' Roses, mm. and this isn't exactly an original thought. I'm I'm kind of borrowing this, but to me, Guns N' Roses is the answer to the question. Why did hair metal need to exist? It's the, um, really, in some ways, in my opinion, it's the only band of, of that of that genre that really matters. The I, Guns N' Roses, in my opinion, isn't really a hair metal band to begin with, but, you know, I suppose if you brought an alien down from Mars and they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the Allman Brothers and Motorhead. Um, but so it's a pretty fine distinction to say that they're not hair metal or that they are. But Guns N' Roses has the best debut album in history. Use, the Use Your Illusion records, at least two thirds of those songs, I think, are awesome. Um, unfortunately, other than that, in the Lies product, they don't have a ton of other uh, albums that they've left us with. I happen to like Chinese democracy a great deal, or at least I like half of it a great deal. Axl Rose is just seems to be a little more special than most everyone else who came up through the 80s, and Slash is maybe the last guitar god 
Um, I love that band. Uh, I hope we hear new music from them. During this pandemic, what else do they have to do? Exactly. Get in the studio, guys. I can tell you the time, I, the first time I heard Appetite for Destruction, and, and Lynn, we talked earlier about the bus trips. Back then, when I was in ninth grade, I wasn't the DJ back then. I took that over from somebody else, but uh, there, whoever, Harris Hollinsworth, I don't know if you remember him, Lynn, he was the DJ back then, and the first time I heard Welcome to the Jungle was on Activity Bus in 80... It had to be 88 or 80... Yeah, 88 or 89, and I was like, holy crap. And then the Sweet Child of Mine, My Michelle, uh, Paradise City. I think we went through the whole whole tape on the way... I forgot where we were going, but I, I just vividly remember that. And, uh, yeah, definitely one of the best debut albums of all time with uh, Appetite for Destruction. So, Lynn, who have you got at number six? All right, so number six is the last one, the ones I really had to, like, think hard. Again, the first five are real easy. Six through ten are a little difficult. So, number six, this is a band from San Francisco, and they started in 1993. Um, I've actually seen this band in concert probably half a dozen times. When I became a fan of them, it was like, oh, my God, I have to buy a washer or dryer. Like, same thing with, I'm an adult now, I guess. And I felt like I'm, I'm listening to, to the adult top 40. I was like, man, I'm old. But this band, their second to last album was a complete recreation of Led Zeppelin 2, where they redid a whole lot of love, you know, the whole entire thing, Heartbreaker, uh, Rambalong, the whole album. And also, the last time I saw them, one of their encore songs was Dream On. And the oh. lead singer did it so well. It was, I mean, not as good as Steven Tyler, but like... They had you hooked in. The, their Dream On was just amazing. And again, they did complete Led Zeppelin to remake. So my number six is Train. Train. Anybody heard of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drops, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? Uh, Drops of Jupiter? Drops of Jupiter is one of their first songs. Yeah, yeah but... They're huge fans of the Aerosmith and the Led Zeppelin, that type. And it's just, I don't know. I, again, I felt like an adult when I started like, listening to Train. was like, man, I'm hit that adult top four. That was your adult music <laughs> moment? Yeah. I think mine, mine was actually the band before that I talked about the Eagles. When I started really listening to the Eagles, I was like, man, I must be an adult now because I'm listening to the Eagles. These guys are pretty, pretty old there. But, I mean, then Kiss was just as old as they were, I think. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, my number six is is a girl group. Uh, back in the, they kind of got, they were big back in the 70s for a while. And then they kind of went down and then they got big back in the late 80s. I'm talking about Anna Nancy Wilson, talking about Hart. Uh, man, I was a big Hart fan. I, I remember uh, joining the, the record and tape club that we talked about and they were, that was when they had switched to CD. You had the option of CD or cassette then. And Bad Animals, Heart Bad Animals was one that I got. And I listened to that, uh, the whole thing, over and over again. And I, I was just a big fan of them. Of course, uh, Nancy Wilson, a lot of people don't give her credit for because she's a, a woman, the way she can play the guitar. But man, can she play some guitar. If you listen to uh, some of the old songs like... 
Barracuda, uh, Magic Man, and, and then here, some of the stuff she's done in the 80s. Just great. And and I will always say one of my favorite ballads, metal ballads, of, or rock ballads of all time, I won't say metal ballads, rock ballads of all time is Alone. And I know John's going to see, like, he's, here comes the prom stuff again. But, uh, yeah, Heart is my number six, uh, man. And, and Nancy Wilson was probably one of my first crushes because when she was playing the guitar, I was like, holy crap, this, you got this nice-looking lady playing the guitar, and she plays her butt off. But, uh, yeah, probably one of my first crushes there was Nancy Wilson. But let's go to number five where John has the prom comments again. Let's go to number five. And see what John's got. <laughs> well, no, I'll take a little swipe at Lynn, I think, instead. Uh-oh. In my, num- in my number five, I Uh-oh. suppose I could have picked a band that covered Led Zeppelin, too. Oh. But I think instead, I'll just pick the band who wrote it and uh, perform it. The band. The, um, <laughs> the, um, you know, I talked to... I've, talked this idea of the three four forefathers or whatever of heavy of heavy music deep purple black sabbath and and obviously led zeppelin the, the archetype of a of a rock band the um i think ultimately I, there are three right answers to the question who was the best rock band of all time one of the answers is the beatles one of them is the rolling stones and one of them is led zeppelin uh I feel like Led Zeppelin has arguably the most talent of, of, of any band outside of the, some of the really progressive type bands or jazz type bands um, as a mainstream rock entity. Zeppelin, I think they did it all. I, I, I don't think I need to sell Led Zeppelin in any way. Led Zeppelin is a tremendous force and they've maintained that mystery even here into, into this century. The um, on YouTube this Saturday they're they're going to play Celebration Day the 2007 reunion co- concert. It will probably be the last time we ever see Zeppelin together. Um, so if you're not busy, turn on to the Led Zeppelin channel on YouTube uh, this Saturday. But um, I'm kind of embarrassed they're lowest prize, but that's where they are. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but I'll take it out. It'll be recorded as well, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, number five, right? Yep. All right. Number five uh, is is a band that's been around since 1973, and they caused me hearing loss. Kiss. (laughs) No, because at the end of every concert, they have the audacity to do a, what, 21 cannon salute? And I remember seeing this band at the Greensboro Coliseum, which was the kickoff of their world tour in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, this is a little band from Australia called ACDC. And, yes, oh, they yeah. did take my hearing. Yeah, ACDC. I remember, I remember which, at an early age being scared of those, those guys. And they've been through, I think, three singers now. The first one, he died on the back of a car. Bon Scott, yeah, he, he, and then you have Brian yeah. Johnson, and Brian Johnson. He actually, had a quick voice. Actually, uh, he may he may be on his way back. That's what I was getting ready to say. Actually, I think he may be on his way back. At what I'm hearing, they've lost uh, 
one of their Axel Rose Field yeah, Axel Rose field in. But actually, they've lost one of the big losses they had was, uh, and I get these Malcolm two Young. Malcolm Young, yeah, the Malcolm bass Young. player. Uh, yeah, that that's a big loss for them because he was like the, I feel like the glue that held ACDC together. You know, you always talked about Angus. You always talked about Brian Johnson or, or Bon Scott, but I felt like Malcolm was the guy that really held everything together for him. And, uh, you know, of course, he passed away a few years back, uh, and, and they have done some shows without him. But, you know, the new music, I, I would love to hear another ACDC album with Brian Johnson. And I think that might be in the works. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of talk right now. Uh, hopefully that'll happen. All right. Number I'm sorry, you said you want to hear another album with Brian Johnson. Of course, the joke that I believe ACDC has made themselves um, is, you know, people say we have 13 albums that all sound exactly the same, and that's not true. We actually have 14 albums that sound all, all the same. <laughs> but all that said... Um, gosh, like there may be people out there who don't like ACDC, but I don't want to deal with those people. Um, ACDC is just a phenomenal rock band. But you know, I think we're going to hear you talk about them later, I think, right? I'm sorry? I said, I think we're going to hear you talk about them later. You have four spots. No, 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 no. No, this is my moment to talk about ACDC. Oh, my God. That's why I didn't say much about it, because I thought you were going to, like, have them on your list. I just, no, I, no. I just remember okay. uh, one of the <laughs> one of the first songs I remember hearing from ACDC, Of course, the, you know, was "You Shook Me All Night Long." But then, when I went back deeper into the catalog, and then uh, one of the one of the funniest songs I've ever heard them do is is the Big Balls song. Uh, yeah, <laughs> talking about a, a, a you could take it either way. Uh, yeah, you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you need to. <laughs> and I'm sure. Your your reaction will be the same as the first time I listened to it, and and then you think about it for a minute. He could be talking about something else, but anyway, my number five back, who eighty six eighty seven. You listen to the radio. These guys caught fire on the radio, and one of my, I won't say, yeah, I'll say one of my favorite guitar players, and and a guy that could really do, do harmonies really well and, and it's missed to this day which of course they play a different kind of music today than they big did back in the in the ages when they were in their prime but my number five like i said was all over the radio back then and and i remember before the album that really got them going the album before that that i, I enjoyed more than the album that that made them what they are i got slippery when wet but 7800 Fahrenheit for me was was a great album, and, and all of the band is like, you know, we don't even want to play anything off of that album, uh, but, you know, that's what got me to be a Bon Jovi fan. Number five for me is Bon Jovi, and uh, Richie Sambora and, and John Bon Jovi, when they sang together and Richie did the harmonies, it was, it was pretty great. I remember every night when Slippery When Wet came out, it was like every every three or four weeks you'd hear another song come out and they were just great song great song then of course new jersey and then it kind of went down after that and and, and today 
you know, I don't enjoy the the later stuff as much as I did the stuff back then, but they still got a few good songs, and, and supposedly a new album coming out. It's been delayed because of the coronavirus, but man, I, I really think they need to get Sam Moore back in the mix. I don't know what the, the, the problem is. I know there's a lot of ill feelings towards each other, but uh, yeah, uh, Bon Jovi's my number five. So, number four. What you got, John? My number four is the Rolling Stones. Um, nobody's got more good songs than they do. You know, you guys did a top 15 Aerosmith songs. We did a top 10 Kiss songs. You almost have to start at the top 50 Rolling Stone songs. I know a part of that is longevity, but the Stones have, you know, they are taking it as far as anybody can take it. And I don't, although I think they have the most good songs of any band that I've, I've ever listened to or know about, I think they are just a smidge lower for me because I don't guess I've ever really connected to that band on a personal level. I mean, I like the, the mythology around Keith Richards, but it hasn't necessarily ever spoken to me um, so much. And, you know, Mick Jagger, I guess some people would call him a little bit of a, a fancy boy. And, um, you know, he's kind of pursued pop stardom in a way that uh, is, seems kind of uncouth to a, to a rock snob. But, um, I mean, they just, you know, I, I, I think I, I remember one time watching, reading someone else's ranking of their songs, and I think number 50 was Get Off of My Cloud. And if, um, if the 50th best song you've written is Get Off of My Cloud, you're doing something right. And so they are, uh, they're my number four. And again, like Zeppelin, they probably deserve to be higher. Yeah, Rolling Stones, I remember when Jagger tried to go a little bit pop and then he wanted to be a movie star for a while and, uh, you know, he kind of went, when you see him guesting, guest doing a, a song with the Jacksons, with Michael Jackson, uh, back when they did the Victory thing, what was it, State of Shock, I was like, what? You know, this is kind of kind of different you know, not saying it was bad or anything, but it was different. You didn't really think Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson was going to be the thing, but yeah, nothing. Gets, I just could never get into them. I don't know why. I could never really get into Rolling Stones. I like some of their songs, but uh, I didn't. I didn't really get into them like everybody else had. Uh, but you know, to each his own. What's your number four, Lynn? All right, number four for me again. These top five five were just easy. Uh, it seems like a lot of my bands begin in the 70s. This was started in 1972. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry, oh, I didn't know it was Pasadena, California. But anyway, we've talked about the band before. I got into it when it was Van Hager. I really like the Sammy Hager part of Van Halen. But my favorite song is um, a David Lee Roth song called I'll Wait. And it's off the, uh, is it called the Jump Album? 1984, 1984, 1984 album. Yeah. I'll wait. I love that song. So Roth has my favorite song, but I really like the Van Hager uh, era as well. I don't like that Eddie Van Halen is such a prima donna because he's kicked people out of the band left and right. He even kicked what Michael Anthony out of the band and yeah. brought his son in Wolfgang. That kind of like upsets me a little bit, but he's a great guitarist. I love the group. 
I wish they would get back together with Sammy Hager again to see what they could do for a second ride with him because I think Roth has come back several times and they put out some new music. But I want to see Hager come back and uh, do something there. Yeah, like, number four, Van Halen. Like I said before, the the you know, Hagar is definitely saying that something could happen, or you know, but you know. You don't know what kind of shape Eddie Van Halen is. There's been a lot of talk about what throat cancer uh, in the last year. Um, and I would love, and it, you know, I think, like I talked about uh, Malcolm Young earlier being the glue that held it together. Uh, you know, one of the most underrated members of that band and one of the guys that kept that band really. And if you listen to a lot of the songs back when he was in that band, you hear the harmonies back then, it's him. And I'm talking about Michael Anthony. Uh, one, he's probably, like, my opinion, the MVP of Van Halen. Uh, he did so much for him, and then for them to treat him like that, I would, I would hope if Hagar were to come back, that would mean Michael Anthony would come back as well because he's such an important part of the, in the history of that band. And, you know, I love him in Chickenfoot. He's also in Sammy Hagar's band, The Circle. Uh, but, yeah, man, no, nobody, he's got that. Eddie's not kicking his son Wolfgang out. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, hopefully if if it would happen, then Wolfgang would say, look, you know, whether he would or not, I don't know if he's like his dad, uh, I need to step aside and let this happen because, how many more times is this going to happen? You know, how many times chances is my dad will get to play with, you know, Sammy and Michael Anthony and his brother? So you know, you you never know. But hopefully, hopefully that'll that'll happen soon. Um, I, I'm not. I'm. I, I realize we would not be plowing new ground exactly if we revisited the Dave versus Sammy debate. But I just want to say for the record. I object to almost everything uh, you just said. <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot right uh, here. We don't, we don't have to get into it. But uh, I object. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just lodging that objection. You can tell, this, that can you can tell this guy You tell this guy's a lawyer. I object. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. Roth has had his time again with the band. You know, they did the whole tour. Roth is actually uh, opening up for Kiss on the end of the road tour, and they say he's doing great with it. But, you know, let's, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with Hagar coming back and Michael Anthony. You know, Michael Anthony, like I said, I, I really feel like, objection or not, he I really feel, deal. feel like, yeah, he got a raw deal when they started taking his pictures off the album covers and stuff, just trying to eliminate him from the history. And I think so many Van Halen fans uh, were so irate about it that they ended up putting it back on. But uh, it was a bad move. But I don't know what you would what the thinking was there. But uh, just not a good move for them. But <laughs> I object. I love it. I love it. we got number four. We got number four. Come on. Number four for me. Uh. I can remember the first time hearing this band. A lot of these, you know, and I say that about a lot of these guys, but this just stuck out with me. My cousin had the album and put it on, and, and I was looking at the album. And of course, a lot of the stuff, when you look, the look is what gets you in first, and then the music keeps you there. Um, 
but yeah, these guys had the look, and then when I heard the music for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, and it just got better as time went on, and it's hard to for, to, for me to to believe that 30 years ago today, they put out one of their singles, and that was Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away, that's been 30 years, and my number four is Motley Crue. Uh, to Shout at the Devil was the first album I heard, and man, they just had that sound, and I remember having to go to the record store the day Theater Payne came out, and bought the cassette, um, and then from there I was hooked. Dr. Feelgood is such a classic album, from top to bottom, such a great album. I mean, they, they performed it live, the whole thing, live at one concert tour, but 30 years ago, guys, you realize... Don't Go Away Mad came out 30 years ago today. Dr. Feelgood, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting old. <laughs> if we're not already there, we're, all, we're, we're knocking on the door. But uh, Motley Crue for me, you know, I know they've had their, their times with Vince being out of the band, uh, John Sarabi coming back in. And you know what? I wasn't, that wasn't a bad album when he was there. It just was not a Motley Crue album. If you go back and listen to them, I, I still have a couple of songs from that album on on my uh, on my phone that I listen to when I run. But yeah, Motley Crue, "Home Sweet Home" is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, but then you look at Doctor Feelgood. I remember watching the video for Doctor Feelgood for the first time. And I was like, man, this sound right here. These guys are doing great. First album they supposedly did. All, all of them were sober, and you, but. Whatever they did, they did a great job with that album. Dr. Feelgood is one of my all-time favorite albums. But Motley Crue is my number four. So number three. I now know why you have Striker in your top ten. You're hoping to get into heaven because you like <laughs> Motley Crue as after, number four band. After To Hell With The Devil and Shout At The Devil, you know. Yeah, yeah that's a blatant attempt. And, well, um, my, my, number one, my number one could, could for some people, would probably be that way, too. Well, my number three, um, I suppose, also is uh, in that camp and is one of the uh, founding fathers of a certain kind of heavy music. Um, but my number three is Alice Cooper. Oh. Alice obviously started as a band, um, and then when the singer left, he wanted to take the name with him, and the other guys agreed, and he's gone on to have a long solo career. Alice Cooper is, I, he's written more songs that I wish I had written. I wish I had been clever enough to think of. Uh, Alice, he surrounded himself with sometimes good musicians, sometimes just maybe decent musicians. But there's so many, one, he's very prolific. He has, and he still puts out a, basically a record every other year. They, um, and he's, he's, he's written so many clever songs, clever tunes. I'm like, man, I wish I was smart enough to think of something like that. And, um, you know, I, the horror, the horror stick that he has put out uh, a lot of times, that's never really done a lot for me. But he's also written um, uh, the two best and to date the only two songs I've ever heard about necrophilia. And I love both of those. I love The Dead and Cold Ethel. He's um, written more songs about cross-dressers than anybody else I've ever heard, and yet they're always kind of clever and smart. 
uh, Alice Cooper is just, you know, he's like the papa of, of all, all things metal. And, uh, I, he's my number three. I absolutely love Alice. Alice Cooper. I remember the, uh, what was, he did a song for Wait, one of, well, yeah, I remember that. We're not worthy. Uh, remember the, the, he did a song for the, uh, one of the Friday the 13th movies. You remember that? He's back. He's the man back. Behind the the mask. man behind the mask. I remember the video for that. That was, that was a pretty cool song. And then Poison, of course. Uh, also, you didn't, you know, you talk about he surrounded, he had a lot of different members in his band, but, uh, current, Kiss drummer Eric Singer was in the Alice Cooper band as well for a while. So, uh, yeah. I, I, sus I suspect people will be playing Schools Out for a few decades I, to come. I think Schools Out's been played a lot here lately. Uh, <laughs> Lynn, who do you got at number three? All right, number three is the band I wish I could see in concert. There is a slim chance. I mean, as far as I know, they're all still live. Uh, one of their songs has been the ringtone on my cell phone for at least 15 years. What? Uh, they're a Los Angeles, yep, they're a Los Angeles fan, started in 1985, and it's been talked about before. Their lead singer is a prima donna, and that's one thing that worries me. I'm going to pay $200 to go see them. The, the lead singer is going to be in a mood and not perform. Uh, this is Guns and Roses. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Axel Rose is such a diva. I remember when they traveled with Metallica and uh, Hetfield got later tried to burn himself alive on stage. Yeah. What happened next? Yeah, like you said, <laughs> Axel didn't want to be showed up. Yeah. So, <laughs> how do you show? How do you how do you follow a, a guy that just got burned on stage? Uh, uh, but you know, he didn't. He, he could. No, I know. He could have been the good guy, you know, savior. But you know, he decided, nope. And the rest is history. I think that was in, wasn't that in Canada? Canada, wasn't it? Yeah. That was in Canada. Yeah, they rioted yeah. and tore that place up and, you know, yeah. I think it would have been a great in concert with Metallica, Guns N' Roses, back to back. So that would be amazing. In all, in all fairness to Axl Rose, I've seen the Not In This Lifetime two or three times. It's always started right on time. They play at least two and a half, almost three hours. Um, I don't know if it's maturity or if it's the fact that they started out getting paid three million dollars a show, but he's on his best behavior, I and I fully endorse. <laughs> yeah, I fully endorse. Though, if you get the opportunity and living where you do, I think you probably will get the opportunity. Pay the money, go see him. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen it on YouTube, but there is a probably an hour documentary a fan a guns N' roses fan put together of the use your illusion tour uh it's most of it is bootleg video but it's all the incidents that went on with axel on the use your illusion tour all the crap he talked on stage to somebody or or walked off stage uh yeah i sat here one day when i didn't believe it or not somehow with my internet i was able to watch it but yeah he uh he had a lot of uh, incidents on that tour, but like you say, you know, I think it's a combination of of being paid as much as they're getting to pay and, and maturity. I think he, and I think he's realized that you know I've got to I've got to do this. I've got to to be on my best behavior right now, and uh, 
There's more power to Axel. I'm glad. I'm glad some of these bands are able to do it again like they are. And, and of course, everybody wants to see Guns N' Roses get back together. Uh, I think it, it's a great thing. I, I would love to see them. But Lynn, I don't think you got. And I honestly don't think you have to worry about it. if you went to see them that he would walk off or anything. I think he's. Matured. I'll definitely go next time he's in the city. Yeah, I think he's matured enough now that he's. he's Met Life. I'm sure they go to Met Life. He's pretty cool now. All right, my number three is a band. It's, this was back in, they were back in the 70s. Uh, they really hit the stride in 78 when they got a new new lead singer. Uh, and, and pretty much till eight, about 87, they were, in, in the 80s, they were on top of the world. They had number one songs. Uh, of course, they still have a, a song that gets played at, just about every sports game that you can think about it, if it's basketball, baseball, football, and I'm talking about Journey. Uh, I've said all along, Steve Perry is his voice is one of the best voices in rock. Uh, I talked to a, I watched a local band play last summer, and a kid that was singing in this band took on two Journey songs, and Lights was one of them. And he hit the notes. He hit a Steve Perry. And I called, I told him after the show, I said, man, anybody that takes on a Steve Perry song and hits those notes and is doing it well, yeah, you, you got something special there. And, uh, you know, from Don't Stop Believing, uh, you know, of course, that gets played about every time you, you go to a sporting event. Uh, Open Arms, they had, they've had so many great songs. And one of the underrated songs I like, Only the Young, which was from the Vision Quest soundtrack, but a shame that Perry, the kind of strained relationship they've got with it right now, I'd love to see him back, which I don't think you will. Arnel Pineda is, is the, and he sounds almost exactly like Steve Perry if you haven't heard him, but uh, Journey, it's just a shame they can't get Perry back for one last time, even at the Hall of, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they were inducted in 2017. Perry was there, but he didn't. I don't think he performed that night with them. But yeah, Journey is my number three. So number two, we're getting there. We're almost there, guys. Number two, what you got, John? I will make my number two quick because I have a chance. I'll have an opportunity to talk about them shortly. Uh-oh. My number two is Aerosmith. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and give. I'll just go ahead and give give way to uh, to Lynn right now. I don't now. know what you're talking she's about, man. Too. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. I don't even know if Lynn will even bring them up. I thought they were been been on Lynn's list by now. Who is this group you speak of? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Lynn. Who is your number two? <clears throat> All right. So my number two, I guarantee, is not on your top 100 list oh, or really? anything. Yeah. But they have been um, my second favorite band for a long time. Their CDs, oh God, that's hard to know. But see, when their CDs came out, I would be out there to purchase them on the first day. So let's see, when did they start? 1989, they started. But I did get to see them. Oh, I got to see them in Chapel Hill. But unfortunately, they did not play at Vanderbilt Auditorium. I had to mm. see them at the Dean Dome. Yeah, that's the final cut there for certain people. There we go. <laughs> so anyway, I saw them at, uh, at the Dean Dome, and they have this knack for naming their songs with a name, but the word doesn't appear in the entire song. It's crazy. But anyway, 
My second favorite band is Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, wow. And I remember, yeah, I remember, like, when they came out with Plush, I was like, oh, my God, Plush, that's probably the best song they'll ever write. And then, like, a few years later, they came out with Interstate Love Song. Yeah. I love that song as well. But my favorite song by Stone Temple Pilots was in The Crow. Yeah. And it was Big Empty. Big Empty. And it was only played for like five seconds when the bad guys were going to blow up this building early in the movie. And they were blasting on the radio as they were driving by. But ever since Scott Weiland died and passed away, I'm really not into them. I don't really care who their fill-in lead singer is. They're just like, the Stone Temple Pilots for me is Scott Weiland. And it is a shame that he could not break the drug abuse he had. I yeah. think it was heroin. Yeah. He just, he could not stop it. But I was a huge, huge fan of Stuntable Pots. I would play their CDs, like, nonstop. And, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, let me ask you this. So you were, you were a fan of, yeah. friend, fan of those. Uh, were you ever a fan of Velvet Revolver? I bought a Velvet Revolver and didn't like it. I know that's a Slash and a Scott Weiland, right? Yeah, it was like, it was, just, it was three guys, get into three guys from Guns N' Roses and, and Scott Weiland, and then they had uh, one more guy, and I can't remember who he was, but uh, yeah, that, I was pretty, I, I liked the, the first Velvet Revolver album. Slither was, was great, I mean, the opening riff of Slither, when it comes out, it was just great. And uh, but yeah, Scott Weiland was one of the most talented guys out there at the time, and to see that he couldn't break break the spell of that what he was going through, his demons that he was he was dealing with, is it, just sad because he he had so much more that he could have done. I I, I really hate it because uh, I was a Stone Temple Pilots fan. I remember the first time I heard him, I was like, is this Pearl Jam? But you know, they kind of <laughs> distinguished themselves from them after that. But, uh, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots was a great band back then. So, my number two, I guarantee, would not be on any of your, like Lynn said, probably not on your top 100 list. But i got to go with the, this band, because I'm a big fan of this band. And, you know, you're going to say, well, it's because of where they're from. But that's one thing. But their music is great. I love their music. Uh, hometown Boy. Put Lasker on the map. Represent Lasker. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Objection. We're not doing solo artists. No, this is a band. Are you? Because sh- it's it not in it, right? Look it up. No. Look it up. Wikipedia. Okay, but I, I have a slight objection. Wikipedia, Lynn. <laughs> and I, I've, I've talked John, about. Do you know who he's going to say? John, do you I got no gonna... idea. I'm talking. I have no idea. I grew look. I grew up. I grew up the lead singer of this band, actually. So uh, I mean, I'm talking about Daughtry. Um, from the time he was on American Idol, and you know, of course, I'm a little biased because he put Lasko on the map. Like John, if you didn't know, he grew up like. Oh, for goodness sake! Maybe. <laughs> maybe. What am I telling you? Maybe a couple miles down the road from me. Yeah. Okay, so, Wikipedia says it's a band, so okay, sustained. You're Wikipedia okay. doesn't lie. <laughs> he didn't put his <laughs> name on there. It's Chris Daughtry. That's like Bon Jovi. It's Bon Jovi oh, a band? Oh, God. Yes, but John Bon Jovi's not. You're is right. Van Halen, okay. Is Van Halen a band? Because it's last name. You're right. I take back the objection, but. Overturned. Continue with the Laughter Native. Overturned. 
Go for it. Okay, I mean, but you look at, I mean, he, he came off American Idol. He immediately he immediately got offered uh, a, a lead singer job by Fuel, which he turned down because he wanted to uh, wanted to do his own thing, which he has. And you know, he, his debut album came out was great. Uh, of course, his debut album or the band's debut the band's album? Band's debut album. Excuse okay, me. Okay, I'm just excuse me, Mister Lawyer. Does do, do John need to be the judge in here now, or with the two lawyers tonight? He he, he can be. Yeah. But yeah, uh, well, I, I I just throw the adultery suit out to begin with, so don't, don't make me the law. Don't make me the John, judge. What did I say? This is our favorite bands of all time. Yes, These it's are, true. I, I actually I got knew, to. I knew he'd be here. I yeah, you it. had to know it was going to be up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to see him. He actually came back after being all getting off of Idol and did a concert. You played him last year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he did a concert on the Northeast Academy baseball field. And uh, which was great, but yeah, and he, you know, it's not over. Over you feels like tonight. What about now? Off his debut album, Home was a big, was a big song. He actually played that in Lasker, which was kind of, kind of great. He actually wrote a song on his second album about Lasker. If you haven't, I didn't know. I don't know if you knew that, Lynn. If you listen, what they call it? September. That was. That was oh really? He, I heard the that story. Though. The story is that he wrote it, and before he recorded it, he played it for his dad, and he told him, you know, this is about growing up back home in Alaska, and, you know, kind of kind of neat to have a song written about your hometown. So, you know, you Daughtry is definitely my second favorite. So, yeah, if, if you want to throw the whole Daughtry thing out, that's fine. But I, I was keeping yep, in, yep, you're fine. I, I'm keeping you're it fine. in there at number two. Look, I know Lynn. I know Lynn wants to keep it. I know Lynn wants to keep it because that makes you the new hope of seven. It's a lot more controversial now. I'm sure my number one does not appear on your top 100 band, uh, okay. and maybe maybe you've never even heard of my number one. Um, but my number one is a band I've seen. I've lost count of how many times I've seen them live now. That doesn't hurt that they actually tour, and um, I get to go see them. They started out as really kind of a, a, a punk-inspired, uh, almost hardcore kind of band, but... They have grown into um, the best the best band in the world. The um, the band I'm talking about is Maryland's Clutch. Um, those of us who are fans of Clutch, we call ourselves Gearheads. The um, what, what's the name of the band? Maryland, Maryland Manson. No Clutch. Clutch, just oh. Clutch. Okay. Yeah. Whew. If you want, if you say, have I ever heard of a Clutch song? When you go on YouTube, go to Google uh, or, or, or search on YouTube for Electric Worry. That's the song you're most likely to have heard. But um, Clutch, like I said, they were relentless road dogs. They, It's kind of fun to go see a band that doesn't have a tremendous amount of, you know, airplay or hits. So I really don't know what they're going to play when they roll up. It's not like I can Google the set list and know what it's going to be. They're going to kind of pull it out. 
Um, and, you know, for a long time, you know, I would have said another band was my favorite band, and maybe classically, I suppose they still are my favorite band, but uh, Clutch is one and stole my heart, and uh, they'll always be my number one. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking up them now. I'll have to go to Apple Music. And yeah, I'm going to have to play. check. I'll, I'll definitely check them out. I'll give them a chance. The Clutch is your number one. Start, start with the album Blast Tyrant. And if you like Blast Tyrant, go from there. Okay. All right, and this should be, you know, the next right, two, so my number next two things should be no surprise to anybody. Mine's an all-girls band, and they came out of Lipna. Uh, so, of course, it's the bad boys of Boston. Uh, it is Aerosmith. But the, the story is, this band would not be where it is now if it wasn't for John. Because when I went to college and, and saw and, and lived with the music god here who had all the CDs. <laughs> he introduced me to this little band called Aerosmith and get a grip of just coming out. And he goes, you know, these are the guessing years. These aren't as good as the Columbia years. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so he really, like, schooled me on uh, music and it helped me form some of the taste that you've heard in my past 10. So the thing is that I've never met John this whole Tim would be completely different, but I, I owe a lot to him and to his musical taste. He introduced me to Aerosmith. I'm a huge fan. Been to their concerts many, many times. Been in the fan club. We've all heard this on the top 15. But to me, Aerosmith is far and away and always will be my favorite band. Holy my soul, <laughs> man. Holy my soul. No. Linda, may not drive you crazy, though. <laughs> Which one? No, does, oh, does they they just not drive you crazy? All, I mean, it's just something yes. all the time. Um, I mean, it's not, I, I love this. Well, and, I, and you know, he may have had that coming. I, I, you, you don't know, um, but they, it's just, it's just always something. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that. I love, I love Aerosmith. They are, you know, I kind of skipped them on my number two. Because you're um, coming here. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I'd have another opportunity, and I don't want to go on and on about it, but I, there's nobody's music I have listened to more than them. Um, there's, I, I wish they were a little more prolific lately. Um, I mean, I don't understand how they could have gone through so much in their personal lives, and there's gone so much that's gone on in the world, and basically they've been inspired to write one album in about 20 years. Um, not good. Yeah, it's just, music it's from just, other dimensions. Yeah, and which is it is mostly reheated leftovers yeah. from prior sessions. Um, but I don't want to sit here and bash my number two band. <laughs> you know, I, I still I still love to put on, especially the older records. Uh, there's just again, Columbia I mean, records. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's been said before, obviously, but they are the best of that English band sound, all those, all those great bands from England, but given an American bit of snarl and a American sexiness and a, just a, a little bit of crude crudeness that you don't find in The Who or The Stones or The Yardbirds or Zeppelin or whoever. And uh, it was it's a really good mix when they're at their best. Um, so, I, you know, I, I fully agree with you that Aerosmith should be at or near the top. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say I'm shocked that it's two missing from yours. I don't know if this is the right time or not, but I'm shocked ACDC's not there. 
And I'm shocked the who did not make your list. We can talk about that later, but I'm shocked. All right, yeah, we can talk about it later. Yeah. All right. Um, Stevie, I have no idea what you're going to pick number one, so shock yeah, me. Yeah, what a, what a mystery. <laughs> Do I need to shock you? Yeah. Shock me was a good, that was a good joke, man. Yeah, well, but no, look, I didn't get it. I think I'm going to shock you anyway, because, you know, mine, they started in, in like, 87, uh, a boy band. Oh, my God. Uh, the... <laughs> Joey McIntyre, Donnie Wahlberg, Danny Wood, new kids on the block. <laughs> oh, I'll kidding aside, I'll kidding aside. This should be no surprise to uh, anybody that's been around me for the last uh, 40 years. I mean, when I dress up like these guys on Halloween, uh, I'll probably on some of those bus trips, I'll probably play some kiss songs with people like, why is he playing this, these Kiss songs? Because I wanted... you would play Beth and Detroit Rock City. Yeah, but on those Boston trips. Yeah, and you know, such a just you talk about, and you guys were just talking about Aerosmith. Don't they drive you crazy? Well, sometimes these guys in Kiss drive me crazy. Of course, my number one top favorite band of all time is Kiss. Uh, you know, from the start when I was like five years old, my cousin had to destroy your album. And I remember vividly sitting there with my, with his little brother and me. We were the same age, and he he held the cover out, and just showed it to us, and then he put it on. And you hear the the opening montage before Detroit Rock City with the the news person talking and the in the in the car starting up and all that. And I was just like staring at the album for so long. The look, like I said, the look got me hooked. But the music has kept me there over the years when a lot of people, you know, didn't think the music was great. I always thought they had great music. Uh, of course, we did our top ten list, which was tough on me. And, uh, you know, just love them to this day. They're getting ready to end. Uh, apparently, I don't know if this will be another farewell tour like the one before. But, uh, yeah, they're getting up there, so it's probably time time to call it quits. But... Kiss has always been my favorite band since I started listening to music and probably always will be no matter what happens. Uh, Ace Freely, my favorite member. Eric Carr is like my second favorite. But so many great songs. Detroit Rock City, of course, Rock and Roll All Night, which gets, gets a bad rap because it gets played so much. Um, and I'm going to go, let's see, Hide Your Heart, which me and John had talked about on, on the top ten list. and uh, But so many great songs and uh, just the theatrics of it was great, but the music was also great to me. So that's that's what made Kiss my number one. All right, so we went. So the ones that didn't make it, I, I'm still shocked, John, that the Who and ACDC didn't make your top ten. Are they eleven and twelve? I, actually, I think ZZ Top would have been eleven for me. Um, you know, so they weren't even the near miss. Not ACDC was certainly under consideration. Um, I feel like, again, you know, it's one of the things I think in, when, when, when we sent the message to you. I mean, I've listened to a lot of ACDC back in high school and, and college. Um, but, you know, ACDC is great, but kind of limited. In, yeah. in a way, I think some of the other bands on my list aren't. Um, and the Who, you know, obviously the Who is a all time great too. They, um, 
I guess there's just a certain there's a certain sensibility to the Who that uh, it's just never struck a chord for me. I like a lot of the Who songs. They have some of the best songs of all time. Um, I think the, uh, their new record. I think uh, it sounds like it could have been a classical, uh, one of the classic Who records. It, it's it's really good, but it also, I think, just from a songwriting standpoint, there's some things that. I just don't get about the Who, and maybe it's because I'm not a mod or I'm not British or whatever. But obviously, they're a great band. And Kiss, you didn't have Kiss. I don't know why I didn't mention that. I thought you could have Kiss as well. Yeah, well, Kiss is. Um, you know, it's, it's you say I know. I know they're your favorite, and, I, and there's a kind of a theme when you talk about your your favorite bands and, and music. A lot of times, you relate things back to memories that you have or your yeah. own personal story or personally bio, personal biography. Um, it's like, don't take this the wrong way. You don't really believe they're the best band in the world, right? You don't, you don't, it, it, you don't really I mean, believe I, that. Here's the thing, the, the thing I'm telling you, it, I don't, I don't think they're the best band in the world. I think they're my favorite band. If we were doing best bands, it would probably be a little different. They're my favorite band. You know, I just think there's somebody I enjoy listening to. Now, if we go favorite bands, then you have to look at, like, I mean, no, best bands in the world. You have to look at, like, the Led Zeppelins. You have to look at, yeah, you know, groups like that. But with my my personal taste, uh, and, and, yeah, the memories that I have of these guys is what, what got me to them and what brings me back to them. Uh, but yeah, you know, my favorite band is going to be Kiss. It, I, I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I'm not that biased where I think, oh, they're the greatest band to ever step on the stage. But hey, you know, remember when I told you uh, Aerosmith is the best American band? Yeah, remember that in the top yeah. fifteen. <laughs> but again, me, I have Aerosmith number one because of the memory. Yeah, that's why they're number one. It's because yeah. And you know, so, John is saying Kiss isn't in his memories, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, form anything? I don't know. No, I, I, I mean, I, there's probably some truth to that. I, but, um, I mean, I think Kiss reminds me sometimes a little bit of a religion, you know, where <laughs> they tell you so many times, you know, buy our stuff, buy only our stuff. We're the only band that loves you. We're the only band that cares and puts on a great performance and that sort of stuff. And, you know, I bought into that for a while, uh, but I think I eventually learned, wait a minute, it is, an, it is a good show. It is, it's fun to watch the fire and the blood and the, fi- the fireworks and everything else. Um, but I don't think I could sit there and say, you know, this is the best musical experience or, or, or you know, the, the the one of the best musical experiences of my life. I, it, like I said, doing the top ten Kiss songs gave me a, a, a new appreciation for that band, something I haven't listened to a whole lot in recent years. But I, I, I think it's interesting that again, I'm not going to say Clutch is the best band in the world. I mean, I, right, right. I, well, I am going to say that. I'm not going to say they're the best musicians in the world. Um, but I do think they are the best band in the world. They are the best rock and roll band in the in the world in my opinion, and I just think it's interesting that, that you kind of say, I know they're not the best band, they're just my favorite. And I think that's an interesting, you know, kind of uh, well, place in your mind. What, you I'm, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, according to the critics, 
you put Led Zeppelin, you know, they put Led Zeppelin up at the top. Now, with my taste, do I like Led Zeppelin? Yeah, I like Led Zeppelin, but am I going to listen to Led Zeppelin, you know, too? Am I going to listen to all their albums like I do Kiss albums? No. It's not It's not my thing as far as, you know, like, like you just talked about The Who. I can't get into The Who. Aerosmith, Aerosmith is there. And it's just my taste. I mean, there's, and that's what makes it so great that we're doing these lists because it's so that it, you know we're we're talking about different bands. I don't think we agreed on any of that. That we had some repeats, but yeah, there I'm was not, nobody across all three, right? No, there was nobody. There was, there was nobody across two. Across all three. There was nobody across yeah, two. Yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen was across. Oh, you mean the same spot? Yeah, in the same spot. Yeah, but okay. as far as as the critics go, I'm I'm my own critic. I, I mean, I what I like is what I like, and that's and, and you know, Kiss is what I like. I'm gonna listen to Kiss. I'll listen to Unmasked. I'll listen to The Elder. I'll listen to you know some of the what people call the worst Kiss albums out there before I would listen to Led Zeppelin too. And that's just me, and you know that, that's personal taste. Personal yeah. taste, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying and that's why. Yeah, I like doing this list because we have three different sets of taste. Oh yeah, and the listeners really got to hear like three. Like I am really happy that there's so much difference between all of our lists. And if you, you Cause that's at, not a boring list because they're all the same. To to be honest with you, I'd already done like with a top 25 music acts, and this was including solo artists and everything. That so really? I just, yeah, I'd, I'd done that a while ago. And, uh, you know, it, it's different. It, everybody's going to... I think we'd be like zombies if we all thought, oh, well, this is great. This yeah. Is, we got to listen to this. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan. I, I, I like some of their stuff. It's okay, but it's just not my cup of tea. Kiss, on the other hand, is my cup of tea, and that's because, and I think I've got I got introduced to it at an early age, and I stuck, but I stuck with them, and uh, you know, over the years when people stopped listening to them, I was still listening to them, and then you know they came back and had their little run for a little while, but I enjoy listening to all of them. Yeah, it does it does have some memories with me? That's like one of the groups that was on the outside looking in for me, and you're gonna. Uh, was Slaughter. I had, I love Slaughter. Uh, and we, you know, we didn't have a single, and I think this should tell what our tastes are. And I, because I, I listen to all ki- types of music, we didn't have a single R&B or, uh, or rap. Or rap. Or rap. I mean, a rap. I group. thought one of y'all would have had a rap. Or group a country. We didn't have did. any, we didn't have any country groups. Wow. Well, I mean, no country on mine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, when when Lynn was talking about how diverse we were, I was, I, yeah, yeah, I kind of you were getting kind of scared. Where white dudes who play, <laughs> play guitar. No, I did uh, on my top twenty-five list. I did have some R and B and some some country. I had one country up there group, uh, but Wait, I. Won't. You think you had a just miss with the slaughter? John's mentioned his just misses. I'm trying to think because I struggled to get ten. I think my just miss would probably be something like. I'm looking at y'all like White Snake or Led Zeppelin. See, I think there would be just misses for me. Yeah, White Snake. I loved White Snake back when, like I said, when '87 came out. 
uh, like we say, the self-titled album. And then when, what was the next one, John? Was it Slip of the Tongue? Um, oh, after the self-titled, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was the one with Steve Vai and Vandenberg. And that, was, yeah. He pretty much called it, a, it was a super group when, when I, they had all them in there. But, you know, that... And then I got I started listening to the older stuff then and, and White Snake is is a great group I listen to them, uh, but you know the and I don't know what it is like Foreigner, Foreigner's another group that could have that could have been right on the outside looking in for me, um, and I didn't have Guns N' Roses in I, I enjoy Guns N' Roses but I just didn't find them in my top ten it's just it's just well, I'm going to the concert. Next well, time they come around. yeah, I th- I think you'll be okay, and I mean, John said you'll be Let, okay, and I think you'll be okay with. Yeah, you. It'll be the one time he gets like diva and doesn't show up. Well, like, just don't <laughs> just don't take a laser or something stupid like that to it start shining in his eyes or anything, Lynn, because you know. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. But this is a lot of fun. I really like. I like that we all had. I did too. I love fun. you know, and just like I I told you you guys before, I'm gonna go in the next couple of days and, and start looking up these groups that you guys had that I hadn't really listened to before. And, uh, I'm going to listen to Clutch. I know that. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to on. I'm going to give the, I'm going to give the killers a full chance. Yeah. That's um, one I'm going to Yeah. I think that's an interesting choice. I, I've tried Imagine <laughs> Dragons and they're okay. Uh, you know, I've, I've oh, listened to some of them. Dragons. Um, this Beatles group, you ever heard of them? No, I, you know, and I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, it's funny you talked about the movie because I've actually got that DVR. Oh, I love that. Movie. I got to watch. Uh, that's one I was really looking forward to watching. But uh, and yeah, yeah. Any any it, last? It's cute. It's a any, cute movie. It's cute. It's a, it's an artsy movie. Like if you like, if you like the Beatles, you're gonna love that movie. Okay. All right. Well, I will. I'm not loving the Beatles, but you know, I know how great of a band they are. I I think I'll enjoy but, the movie. My final thought, Stevie, is this has been one of the most fun podcasts I've done. Yeah, uh, yeah going I've, through these top tens for this year. This is a lot of fun. I, I definitely think so. Anytime we have John on, on, you know, <laughs> we need to get him on. All three of us on more. I, I I think that we need to come up with some more lists that we can do. Um, oh. Do like most hate. I could do a top five most hated band. I don't know <laughs> if I could do that. Oh, I, don't I got a few right off the top of my head. I, I've I, got every time some. Every they come on, I turn the channel. I've got some, but you know, I don't know. It would that would be a tough one. Maybe we. Yeah, that do, would be that would be hard. Yeah, that would. Be, you oh, know, well. Y'all think of something? Maybe we need to do the movies. Top movies? How hard would that be? We did, me and oh. you did sports oh. movies before. Yeah. We haven't done think, Let John think of one this time. John, what yeah, is the well, yeah. you want to do? You think about it, let us know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the listeners will be enthralled with our brainstorming sessions. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, surprised, you'd be surprised with no. the, with some of the stuff that uh, gets told, <laughs> that I hear from some of the listeners. You can't get too much at the end, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to shut up because you can't get too much at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, we we do ramble on because we talk about stuff like Heinz ketchup being the best ketchup ever. And, oh uh, God! Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Finish it up. All right. So wrap it up. We will come. We will be back. I don't know if we'll be doing a sports. We we do. We have that option too. We can do a sports list or whatever. Hopefully, sports will be back on soon. Uh, of course, NASCAR is is in full throttle. 
but hopefully sports will be back soon. But guys, we hope you've enjoyed this list tonight. Uh, an hour and fifty-three minutes right now. So yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks John for being on. Thanks Lynn as always. And uh, let's let's get this let's get this back together. Let's get the band back together again. Oh gosh. That'd be good. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it. All right, man. Thank you. That was our top ten favorite bands of all time on the fly. We'll see you next week.